Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra $0.25 a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a $0.25 a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome you. Welcome who? Welcome you. Me? Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> Play the Joker. I will, man. Get this motherfucking stop. Some people call me the Space Cowboy. Yeah, yeah. Some call me the Gangster of Love. People call me Maurice Cause I speak In a bumpetous People been talking about me, baby Say I'm doing you wrong Doing you wrong Well don't you worry, baby Don't worry, my heart Right here, right here, right here, right here at home. Yes, I'm a joker, I'm a smoker, I'm a midnight stoker. I play my love in all the world. Yes, I'm a joker, I'm a smoker, I'm a midnight stoker. Should I watch you at I'm a sinner. Playing my 
Sid is up for the holidays, would usually say down, but he geographically lives south, and he's down in the Foley area, and I've moved off back home in northwest Alabama, and so he's down for Thanksgiving, and he's dropped by to not only lay down some sweet tunes, but uh, we're going to have a little bit of porch talk going on this evening, so man, Sid, what is going on, brother? Man, not much. I just hope I'm up to the task to at least be a third of as entertaining as everyone you've had <laughs> on your episodes so far, as or, or as of to date, I should say. Well, brother. Uh, I mean, it's good. It's good to be here. And uh, just to note, there will be a correction <laughs> on the next episode. Someone's going to be like, he messed that first course up. And I know I messed that first course up. <laughs> just roll with it. Hey, we just kept going, you know. You know what they say. You don't get stuck in a mud hole Mm-mm. and you just keep going. <laughs> That's it. That's it. So, man, I haven't seen you since Bill Street. Memphis in May, man. Uh, was it May? Has it been that long for real? I hadn't seen you in between then? I was thinking about that, you know, earlier this week. You know, it's Iron Bowl weekend. And I was thinking about that. I was like, so when's the last time that I saw Sid? You know, because we usually do really well with keeping in touch. Mm-hmm. But I was like, he hadn't been home, and I sure ain't been that way since we met up to go to Memphis. Had no, to be. because, I mean, I worked all summer, mm-hmm. and I didn't really have any opportunity to take off otherwise when I think about it. Mm-hmm. It's really probably just been us sitting on the phone talking more than anything. Yeah, yeah. and just staying caught up. It was definitely Bill Street then, when yeah. I think about it, because I hadn't been home since then. This, this is one of the cornerstones of Porch Talk, and this has been an episode I have been trying to get to, and... I've had, you know, Andrew, he plays, and he sings extremely well. Yeah, y'all had the one episode where y'all played, and it was, I don't remember the song, or I recall it very well, but yeah. my man was killing it on the leads. Yeah, I was, it, I was the, it yeah, it was the revivalist, and yes. I mean, Andrew was sitting in and doing, yeah, exactly, and so 
we, we've done a little bit with this, but I wanted to have this episode to where instead of it's, you know, 80, 90% talk, maybe we flip a script. Well, we can try to do and that. And we're about to try to flip that script. <laughs> and we'll so we can figure it out. And so welcome to another episode of Porch Talk. I got one of one of my best friends grew up with a guy. This is Sid Moore. And so we're about to bring you something totally new. Yeah, hopefully hopefully it's a little bit different. Well man, what I'm thinking for this evening is I mean just just from growing up together and I mean playing music and just just all the good times and music festivals and I mean all the different things that we've been able to kind of do as you know time has moved on is we'll just kind of chronologically give this story out and we'll throw music in to kind of paint the picture uh i actually like this plan a lot this is a great plan (laughs) and i approve (laughs) so let's see man i remember let's just start in the dog days of summer and i think this was the summer where Y'all were running two-a-days football camp. And this is, guys, keep in mind where we are timeline-wise. So we're talking 2006, 2005. I think it, I think it may have been a little earlier. Because yeah. I want to say maybe almost 2004-ish. I think I, could, I think I was probably about 16-ish, maybe a little bit okay. younger. Because okay. I remember coming over on the four-wheeler. Yeah. you got to keep in mind, we only live like maybe five miles away and there's a dirt road between us yeah so there's nothing to get on a four-wheeler and ride over here I don't, I don't quite think I have a license I might have yeah I was close to yeah and so it was, it was around that time and it was when MTV still played music and that was the whole thing about this is if do you remember those days Man, when uh, MTV played music so being as a we grew up in the middle of nowhere we didn't have satellite or cable. I didn't. Mm-hmm. And I can always remember coming over here and being like, oh, man, they got MTV. This is just the bomb. Yeah. <laughs> and the music was great. But I remember watching Yo Mama a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know, your brother. All right, so me and Alan's brother is the same age. Yeah, true. But, but we was always around each other, like when we played baseball and stuff growing up too. So that's kind of, well, that's how we knew each other. So it was nothing like a, we just randomly showed up one day and started watching Tu Madre, Yo Mama, yeah. or whatever. But yeah, that was kind of definitely like the start of us definitely spending more time together and like actually becoming better friends and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I can definitely come, remember coming over to summer days, man. And the funny thing is, is like you drive over on the four-wheeler and we'd go fishing and stuff, man. Watch yeah. MTV, all that. And we were all big, big in the music. I mean... Like you were saying earlier, in those days, we were big about, like, you know, like, Taking Back Sunday. Yeah. We were, like, punk rock. Well, not, I wouldn't say punk rock, but alternative rock in general. Yeah. Punk rock killed its place as well, but alternative rock was really the bigger thing, I almost feel like, that kind of we all connected to and listened to. Mm -hmm. Definitely, like, Taking Back Sunday was big time during that. Like, um, Make Damn Sure. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. I Come mean, I remember the first Come time on. I saw that music video and he wrapped that microphone cord around his neck Dude, I was and jealous. caught the mic. I was just about to say that. It wasn't like he wrapped it. He like threw it yeah. and boomeranged that bad boy around his yeah. neck and then like caught it and just, just kept going hard. We're gonna make 
damn sure. That song was like on so many levels. I don't know. I even know how to explain it. Like, I don't know. At that time, it was like perfect. I still listen to that song and I just like, you know, you get that nostalgia. <laughs> you know what? That song's almost old enough to be considered classic rock. Well, I mean, maybe not classic, but it's pushing it for sure. Yeah, it's 20 years. And that was 2004. No, it's not. Yes, no, no, no. it's 24, 20 years. 20 years is what classic rock is. Uh, so it's like, it's, that's, Red it's Hot, over halfway there. I got you. I follow it. No, it's 2004, dude. I mean, it only lacks, you know, six years. Yeah, oh, I know. I'm saying it's, it's over halfway yeah. there. Yeah. It's oh, really three quarters of the way there. Yeah, and it's, it's crazy. Like, when you when you think about some of the things that we, we really first started learning on the guitar, it was some of the things that you taught me. And it may, may have been indirectly, like, I. A lot of the Stone Temple Pilot songs, yeah, and a, and a lot of the uh, Incubus songs, and a lot of the other songs. It was like I saw you play it. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna go home and play that. Oh, well, I yeah, got you that. Want, you want to start talking about classic music? That stuff is almost considered classic. No, music. it's not almost anymore. Yeah, that's what it got. Ninety nine nine the other day, and it was playing STP, and it was like. Interstate love song is like. By the oh, way, yeah. this song's old enough to be. It's cla- It's considered classic rock now. And I was like, and then it blows Ooh. my mind, man. And I was like, like, I can remember being like, <laughs> you know, I started learning guitar when I'm like 12. Uh, just to kind of give you context there, I mean, I'm 29 now. Yeah, I'm old man. <laughs> I, I'm just joking, but anyway. Yeah. You know, I've been playing for a while, but that. like, yeah, I can remember like sitting down and learning that song, like, plush, a Stone Temple Pilots, and that just being like. This is this is a great song to learn. This is awesome, especially the acoustic version. Mm-hmm. You had Sean on earlier, so I'm like, I'm like, Sean will get a kick out of this. Sean loves it when I play that song. <laughs> well, let's let's stop it right there, dude. Let's let's bust that out. You want to do plush? Let's let's do plush. All right, I can do that. Yeah, it's only one of my favorites. <laughs> This is a song called Plush. Now I feel that time's a waste of gold. So where are you going for tomorrow? And I see that these are lies that come. Would you even care? And I feel well. And I feel well. Where are you going for tomorrow? Now 
how I feel So much depends on the weather So is it raining in your bedroom And I see that these are the eyes of disarray There you go, Sean. <laughs> what up, dog? I say that because Sean's always like, if we ever play together, Sean was on, the, on a great episode, y'all. If y'all go back and listen to it about archery and speaking of things. Mm-hmm. That was a uh, musician, craftsman, entrepreneur. Yes, that's it. And uh, he's a good friend of mine. We play music together from time to time. And uh, awesome musician. And I always play that song. He's like, Follow me on the drums. <laughs> and I mean, he's right, you know, he's 100% right. But it's always that second one where he's, and he's always, it's great because, you know, I've known Sean for a long time. We had that rapport with us. Mm-hmm. You played with someone long enough, you kind of know, like, the nuances and how yeah. things move. Mm-hmm. And so, it's almost like It's almost like a dance at this point. Well, you, you, know, you know, the next move. Yeah, pretty much. It's, I mean, you know, it is, it is kind of like that in a sense. And, uh, you know, in this in this almost, I guess, if you want to compare it to dancing, he's leading, I'm trying to follow him along. Mm-hmm. And, like, uh, it's almost too, like, body language. You know, you get used to, to what he kind of does, and then I follow along with it kind of deal. Mm-hmm. It gets easier with times when I'm getting, you know, at it. But, yeah, he, he, he always hits me with that, follow me. Yeah. Because <laughs> I usually mess it up. <laughs> <laughs> and so that was part of the dog days. And so these are some of the songs now that are considered classic rock. Crazy, man. Blows my mind. A lot of the stuff that I play now that I learned first learned is mm. considered that. So, mm. and it's wild, and cause I mean, what does that make me? <laughs> well, I mean, you like what you like, you know. I still listen to classic rock all the time, and it is what it is, you know. It doesn't make it any less good. Yeah. You know, it's in my opinion, you know, there's some music that's universally good, like. For instance, Stevie Wonder. Mm-hmm. 
fantastic musician. Uh, I get that some people at Mountain might not be their speed or their style or their taste. Yeah. But at the same time, it's easily appreciable by multiple or many groups of people, young and old. Mm-hmm. You hear Superstition, it's a, I mean, that's a that's a funky song. Mm-hmm. Gets in your soul a little bit, you know, makes you kind of want to move. So there's just uh, different things that are universally good. I mean, classic music in general, like kind of classic rock. I mean, I tend to be more to the rock side of things, but classic rock is fantastic. And I think it's universally good. You can always appreciate it, you know. Yeah. And so, I mean, just with, with genres, and this was a band, is Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. And so they have songs going into, you know, it's considered classic rock now. Oh, yeah, and they're absolutely. in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But, like, to me, in growing up 90s and 2000s and hearing Chili Peppers and not, you know, they were, you know, late 80s, they started coming out. Yeah. And so I definitely didn't catch them, but was exposed to that on top of what they were doing at the time. It, but, like, when I went to classify Red Hot Chili Peppers, rock? At best, I would say alternative. And that is, like, and that is the thing about that genre is Taking Back Sunday. Oh, it can be and then, expansive, yeah. And then Arctic Monkeys. And be like, yeah. but the, how do you classify Arctic it can Monkeys? It encompass a lot of different things. But also, too, you know, if you think about genres, too, is it might be when you would describe somebody in a genre... I almost mm-hmm. feel like alternative rock can be the base for it, but then it can also be like, but it was kind of punk or emo rock too. Mm-hmm. But it can kind of, it's like a subcategory of alternative rock. Mm-hmm. You know, things have branched out. As we've gotten older, things have changed. I mean, like, think about it. It was techno, and then it was dubstep. And now it's like futuristic. You kind of got like the Odessa kind of thing. Yeah, you know, it's... Marshmallow is more of a, considered a futuristic. Um, EDM. Yeah. I mean, it is. Electronic it, dance that's, that's, music. That's what you're, yeah. It all falls under the umbrella of EDM, but then there's specific categories. So it's like you say alternative rock. You'd mm-hmm. almost say, well, yeah, I would say most definitely when it comes to Red Hot Chili Peppers, I would say alternative rock. Mm-hmm. But then if we like dive deeper and we look at Taking Back Sunday, well, we can go into almost punk or slash emo rock, mm-hmm. punk rock kind of deal. Like they fall into that category, but that's almost under the category of alt rock as well you know what I mean yeah it encompasses multiple genres as itself too you know yeah I look at it like a tree and there's a hierarchy in which it follows in my mind that's just me personally okay you know and it's kind of some some of the ways that I approach it because like it's some of the conversations I have with coworker. he's a huge rock fan he, he leans predominantly towards metal and dislikes red hot chili peppers with passion he's like that's not rock it's crazy it's not rock and I was like well I mean Think about like late 80s Chili Peppers. Yeah. And it kind of is. And then I understand it kind of moved toward more pop. Well, I mean, they have a lot of funk. Yeah. And that kind of comes natural to to pop. When you listen in, yeah. And when you listen to Fleet Play, it's a lot of funk almost like pop. Like the Mm -hmm. the style in which he plays is Mm -hmm. very funky, you know. So, I mean, that's why I mean, it encompasses different genres into one. But yeah. Yeah. And that's crazy that he hates them, though. Yeah, and I so like, like there's at least something you can appreciate about him. Yeah, but it, it, and that's his thing is like he's so hard into rock. It's right. like yeah. I don't want that associated with rock. That's kind of his stance. He's like that's that's not rock and roll to me. Yeah, well, teach his own kind of deal. It, it, and it really is. And I, I was fine with that. And I, I, you know, it was kind of in defense of the genre kind of thing with me. Yeah. And I wanted to kind of break it down, kind of like what we were talking about. And I was like, well. I kind of like the way that he looks at it. 
And because, like, when you look at his uh, repertoire, what he listens to, great taste. And Red Hot Chili Peppers is nowhere in that. And so that's going to be the way so, that it so, is. So if you say great taste, by great taste, like bands, mm-hmm. what bands are in, in particular? I mean, like, man, Chevelle. Okay, okay. Uh, he likes Breaking Benjamin. Of, um, well, you know, this again falls in almost that, like, if we look at, like, the hierarchy of how genres would yeah. flow, we'd say rock, and then you have a branch off of alternative rock, and he's almost going more, like, hardcore. I wouldn't even say hardcore, but yeah. more, like, heavier rock. And that was the thing about... I love Chevelle. That was the thing about Bill Street. Chevelle. It was like, I would almost say they were, if not the hardest... They would have been the second hardest band that was at Bill Street, which was unusual. Who do you think was the hardest? If it wasn't Chevelle, it would have been. It was. It was Friday night. It was the first night we went and caught. It was the first show that we caught. We went and watched Queens of the Stone Age. No, no, no. That was the end of the show. No, it was the first show that we caught Friday night. Oh, Clutch. Clutch. My man, Clutch. Yes. So if it wasn't Chevelle, it would have been Clutch. I would definitely say Chevelle's the heaviest. Yeah. That's his personal opinion. But, but I'm saying that, uh, yeah, was wild, that was wild to see that Chevelle was the heaviest band that you had there because I don't really consider Chevelle that heavy. Well, if y'all remember, if you remember too, like a couple of years back, we've seen like Five Finger Death Punch. Yeah. Dominating Bill Street's music festival stage. You know? <laughs> yeah. They're like headlining one night pretty much and just killing it. Mm-hmm. And then like uh, the same year, they had... Alice in Chains. Yes, here comes the rooster. And I mean, I wouldn't say that was heavier. It didn't have Lane Staley either. But that dude is close, man. Yeah. I can't think of his name right now, but the guy that they got to replace Lane. He sounds wow. He sounds close. Phenomenal, dude. Man, when we went and watched him, I was like, that dude is so Because, cl- all right, guys. Let's all be honest. Lane Staley is pretty unique in his vocal tone and his style. Mm-hmm. This guy gets pretty freaking close. <laughs> He's like pretty um, close, man. He was this YouTube sensation. I haven't checked in where he was, but he would cover Aaron Lewis from Stain like no other. The guy, his That's pitch crazy. and his tone was identical. I, didn't remember. I wish I could remember his name. And there was this one show that Aaron Lewis was doing, and a lot of people started chanting his name, and he was in the crowd, and Aaron's like, who is he? Caught him up on stage and like... Was this the guy that fronts for... Allison Chase now? Are you just moving? No, it's not that guy. No, it's okay, not that okay, guy. Okay. This Completely is, separate. This is another guy. This is a guy on YouTube. Like I said, I don't know where he is now. He should be famous. Yeah, but he's YouTube famous. I guess that's famous enough. But Nowadays, oh. yeah, they make like millions of dollars if you're famous right. enough. Yeah, but he caught him up on stage and like they started playing, um, I think it was, uh, I'm on the outside. And I'm looking in. Yeah. yeah dude. And they got like two lines into the song, and Aaron Lewis was playing the guitar, and like he was letting that guy sing. And like two lines in, Aaron Lewis just kind of looked over there at him, and he was like, just stop. And he was like, Are you my clone? Like, that's crazy. Like, that's it's wild. ridiculous. And I'm not for sure if that was that song, but. It was such a cool video, and that guy had been making YouTube videos for like a couple of years, yeah, doing a lot of stain covers, right? And it was spot on. That's nuts, man. And I'm talking about like Aaron Lewis to the T. I spent about fifteen twenty minutes trying to find this guy on YouTube. I can't find him anymore. 
So I don't know if he's gotten big or all his Aaron Lewis things are taken down, but he was just, he was about Aaron Lewis's size, like body type. And uh, he had long hair, um, looked Asian. And so I, I don't know if anybody else remembers this cat, but he was, he was killer. So I don't know what happened to him, but I can't find any of his videos. But anyway, back to the show. All right, next up, this is a song called Whoa by Say Anything. It's a song that we have been playing all over the place for it was probably about for three or four years solid. And so for those of you who remember, shout out to you. really like this song, especially the acoustic version. Uh, it's Max Bemis, Say Anything. Um, this was really something we took a hold of, especially like my senior year. We just... Yeah. We grasped a hold of this band and we really listened to that album and just... It was transformative. <laughs> As, was, as far as like the way of thinking about chord progression and how to build chords. And very much so, because he would play very unique chords. Um, almost like you take a bar chord, but you do it with your pinky and your middle finger, and then you take that index and you stretch it back a whole step yeah. down and string up. Like, I'd never seen anything like that. Yeah. It like just blew my mind yeah. how much just something like... And, when, and then he would be in the shape and just move it around yeah. in the same position. It's like, those chords in an open, like when you play them open, it's just like, what? It just sounds so good. And the obscurity of it is, it's the lyrics. And when you think about Say Anything, think about the name of it. Say Anything is the fact that he will literally say anything. Like, very close, very close. I mean, especially if you listen to his other songs that aren't as popular. <clears throat> you could definitely pick up on that for sure. Absolutely. But um, without further ado, this was always what we played at the party. And this kind was of a hit. You know? Yeah, I mean, it really, before it was over with, you know, it would be like, you're going to play that low song? Yeah. Like, you're going to play It low? was requested. It was. And then, you know, what was funny is, is a lot of people never even listened to say anything. They just. They liked, liked us the doing song, it. And they yeah. thought it was awesome that we'd done it. Yeah. But uh, here you go. The words in my mouth that were seen deemed unworthy of letting out banded together to form a makeshift militia and burrowed bloodly through my tongue and my teeth. And I stood proud in the gallery with my open socket of a mouth for them to see. They all just laughed and said, That boy.
Classic. <laughs> it's been a long time coming. It's, uh, you know, I don't ever really play it a lot because it is like one of those things that, you know, you get older and you attach yourself to other things and yeah. forget about others. Yeah. But uh, it's always a super fun one to play. I always enjoy playing that one. I never really truly forget the words or how it's played. I usually have that little stumbling where I kind of have to figure it out, but. That's what sticks with me. Dude, I... Just in... What little experience I have with moving around and living in different places. And... Music is geographical. Because that song... I only play that song here. Yeah. And I only play it for a certain group. That's kind of a private thing. Well, it's kind of interesting you say that. Because I feel the same way. Like, a lot of times... I don't ever really play something like that back home. I've never really been like, hey, you know, if I meet somebody and play music. And, and back home, you mean Foley now. I mean Foley, yeah. I mean, I'm at home now, I'm sorry, but yeah. But where I'm at currently in Foley, Alabama, I usually don't ever think about it and go, well, hey, well, what about this Say Anything song? You ever heard Say Anything? Like, Nobody's like, heard of it. It is it is pretty obscure. Yeah. And uh, I agree with that 100%. When I'm around here, yeah, you know, when especially and, with me. And, and what's here, bad is, like, people didn't hear of it. They just knew us playing it for sure yeah they had no idea who they were and then because I you know it's funny you say this and everybody that listens to this will appreciate this I will never forget Andrew being like who plays that song y'all played earlier I mean yeah. well let's say anything whoa and him being like oh well that's cool I'm gonna check them out man I'm yeah. see what they're about you know like he had never heard us say anything until yeah. he heard us messing around doing yeah. it so yeah I used all my mulligans on this next one. <laughs> Still didn't get it that good. All right, guys. Uh, just staying in kind of that same circa 2006-10. Here's another one, man, and it was just kind of the anthem. This is Swing Life Away, Rise Against. Do you want to do the octaves? I, mean, I can't wait you do the other part. Okay, cool. One, two, three, and... Breaking up, I steal your charm, or am I just bad luck? We getting closer, are we just getting more lost? I'll show you mine if you show me yours first. Let's compare scars, I'll tell you whose 
is worse. Let's unwrite these pages and replace them with our own words. And we live on front porches and swing life away. We get by just fine here on minimum wage. If love is my labor, I'll slave till the end. I won't cross these streets until you hold my hand. I've been here so long, think that it's time to move. Winter's so cold, summer's over too soon. Let's pack our bags and settle down where palm trees grow. And I've got some friends, some that I hardly know. We've had some times, wouldn't trade for the world. We chase these days down with talks of places that we will go. And we live on front porches and swing life away. We get by just fine here on minimum wage. If love is my labor, I'll slave till the end. Won't cross these streets until you hold my hand Until you hold my hand Steal your charm, or am I just bad luck? Are we getting closer? We just getting more lost. And we live on front porches, swing life away. We get by just fine here on minimum wage. If love is my labor, I'll slave till the end. I won't cross these streets until you hold my hand Until you hold my hand Let's swing life away Swing life away Swing life away Very nice. I hope so. Very, very nice. I don't mind the fact that I messed up a little bit. Oh, you know. All like, natural, baby. Hey, I, I messed up in a couple of the times on the other songs I've done, you know. It's all good. Just, you know, in the comment section, critique us there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let us know in the which part you think we messed up. Um, yeah. I think that's actually a good idea. Yeah. Which part of each song did they mess up? Yeah. We did For it on purpose. It's yeah. like a game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Purposely done to this, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got slow on purpose. 
<laughs> right? Yeah, that happened. Trust me. Who else can you trust <laughs> at this point? And so, just moving on, I wanted to talk about just taking that chance, making that move, taking that trip, going to that show, and just the experience that it brings, that, that growth, because... Everything that we had experienced here in Kennedy or in Millport and Columbus and it's small scale and I always felt, man, like a lot of us were really big fish in a small pond and I always thought that we needed to get to a bigger pond. I'll agree with that. Easily. And I always thought that some of us and those who done it like me and you and there's a couple others that done it and there's a couple who I thought should have done it and they never done it but you need to go <laughs> I love, wait, wait. can you please repeat, repeat that last bit yeah like there were people who done it and by done it I mean moved yeah and took the chance but then the next part and then there were people who didn't do it and then there was people who should have done it and never done it <laughs> okay I just enjoyed it so much I wanted to hear it twice. I'm sorry to interrupt, but that was awesome. Go ahead, man, with the thought. I'm sorry. I can't believe I got it right twice. That was great, man. It was such a good line. I just want everybody to know that I was like, that's awesome. It was good. And so, taking a chance. Yeah, didn't, for didn't, sure. didn't know what was going to happen. Didn't know didn't know a lot of people down there. It was just kind of rolling, rolling and die. Well, you know, if we really want to put in a little more context for everyone out there, you know, you got to understand, like, I graduated with 35 people. How many people did you graduate with? 27. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> we were just in a very small, tight-knit community. And it was always one of those things where it's like, you know, take a chance. Take a leap. Like Cobb said tonight, buy the ticket, take the ride. You know? I mean, yeah. I moved to Tuscaloosa and... From there, I decided I wanted to move down to Gulf Shores. It was like a, one of these things where, when I was younger, I was always, hey, man, I want to play music. Yeah. And I always thought about myself being in Gulf Shores and playing music. And, you know, like, I'm, I'm a Jack John C. B. G. kind of music kind of person. I was like, yeah. I, I could probably jump down in down or go down there and jump in and be able to get gigs and play music. You know, when I go down to the beach. And it kind of happened that way. Yeah. You know, when I go down there and I listen to music on playlists that they have at a restaurant, I mean, I play several of those songs. Surely I could be yeah. good enough to sit down and play around there at least. And, you know, um, it's awesome. It makes you grow as a person. It gets you out of your shell, out yeah. of your comfort zone. You know, if they say you're comfortable, then you ain't yeah. growing as a person. Especially and when you consider, like, you're, all right, so we'll go back and talk a little bit about the glory days. Yeah. Remember we went to Panama City? Yeah. And this and, is where uh, I was headed. We would go, that you know, for a long time there. I'll, I'll elaborate if I can do that. Do it. There was always this time where we always went to Panama City. Like, that was like the goal. Yeah. And y'all got to keep in mind, Panama City's a lot different now. And I ain't yeah. talking because Hurricane Michael hit it. No, it's <laughs> not that way it, at it, all. It had changed a lot before then. And has become more family-oriented. When we were going 10 years ago. It's a little bit different. It was quite a different place. And it was more of a, a spring break destination where people would come in and, and literally you would party in the street. I mean, we would get stuck at red lights and you wouldn't move for 30 minutes and everybody's just throwing down in their cars, partying. Yeah. You're literally meeting You'd the car people in front of you. You'd hop out of one back of the truck to get into another. Another back of the truck. And there's a party in that back of the truck mm-hmm. that you just keep going. Yeah. Yes, 100%. You know, it was, it was one of those things where it's like as long as you were kind of chill and cool, 
You can make you as can many get along friends and, you can and get, get along down. with as many people as you wanted to. Well, Alan being the consummate, uh, how do I want to put this? The consummate greeter of people and all knower <laughs> of getting to know people. <laughs> I don't know any other way of putting it. Has no fear of meeting people. And I will never forget, you know, and this is what makes Swing Life Filet to me, I rem- I rem- it reminds me of this a lot. So we knew this song. We played this song. It was cool. It was awesome. We go down to Panama City. We stay at the Sandpiper Beach. Yeah. One of the greatest places on God's green earth. Yeah. Andrew was on that trip. Tiki bars down there. Yeah. Wonderful. We walk out. Uh, at the front door, we, we stayed at the very end. We were on beach side. Yeah. We were actually yeah, yeah. on the west side, very end room. Mm-hmm. We had a... Dope balcony, over, bottom right, floor, the, the bottom walk floor, out, there's the beach. Out, we're on the beach, yeah. Like, we walk out, we're on the balcony. We had the spot. Yes, fantastic. The only thing that's better than that is if you're the one down there almost at the Tiki Club and people just roll out of the Tiki Club. And, and roll into your place. Yeah. <laughs> I would say that's the only thing that might compete with that. Yeah. And in general, if you're on the beach, front, bottom floor, awesome. You can't beat it. So, that's, to continue on. I will never forget, we walk back inside like we're going up to the vehicle because the parking lot's across the street from this place. Yeah. And we walk out, and we're in that area, and we can hear music, and we see somebody, and we point at that guy, and we're like, Alan goes, we're coming up! Don't move! You stay right there! We're coming to see you! (laughs) (laughs) And we grabbed our guitars, and we walked up to that room, and we made... Tommy Vaughn. That's right. And um, Taylor Richards. Taylor Richards. T-Money. And what's crazy is, I know Taylor Richards, and this summer there was a guy working with me, down at Perdido Beach Resort. His name was Randy, and he knew Taylor Richards from Memphis. No way. Yeah, dude. He was like, that's crazy that he saw that we had mutual friends and it was Taylor Richards. But anyway, I will never forget because that was one of those songs that we just... Wore out that beach trip. And that beach trip, that was one of those songs that got played. It wasn't only that. It was, it was, it was like, Swing Life Away, song. and it was that Ryan Adams song. Yes, Come Pick Me Up. Ba-boom. What a great song. Yeah. And that was... That was a great trip, man. Yeah. That really was. Andrew, like, when he brings that trip up, like, he always tells it like he was anxious. But he had never been anywhere with me. Like, he doesn't know, like, the me outside of here, you know, out of my right. home area. Right. And, like, social butterfly. Oh, for sure. And. Not afraid. No. Unashamed. Yeah. <laughs> completely. 100% and willing he's to like, talk I to spent... anybody. A lot of my time trying to figure out where you were, but he was like, "What was more insane was that everybody knew who you were, and that they could point me in the right direction." <laughs> he didn't know how to keep up, is what it was, man. Yeah, he didn't know how to keep up, man. Because no. I was going so hard. Oh man, it was a uh, a blur and a wild ride all in one. And luckily, I got a few brain cells to help me remember them. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Those, and like, we're keeping up with Tommy and Taylor, and I still talk to Taylor today. Oh, really? Yeah. That's awesome, man. And some of the other guys. He's doing big things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. MRF Apparel. Yeah, exactly. That's right. And, like, I try to plug that on the show, and, you know, uh, th- those were just some of the people... And that's just like one of the rare things, and it generally happens. Like, for most of the trips that we've been on and we went off on, we kind of met somebody that was kind of the same. 
you know, same way of thinking and like like to get down the way that we get down. Yeah, just enjoyable in general. Yeah, and, and we sure. we hit it off and we really never lose contact. Mm-hmm. And I remember like even when I was making my way out of Mobile, Sean. That's right, Elijah. Y'all come over and hung out with us. Yeah. At one time, you and Levi come over. Yeah. And we sat around and played music. That was, yeah. That was a good time. Yeah. And so, I mean, and that was the thing about, yeah, I guess with Andrew is, dude, I'm good. When I'm out, I'm out, buddy. Oh, yeah. Trust me. And I'm all the way. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If anybody doesn't, if anybody should know, I feel like it should be me. Yeah. <laughs> I've been to multiple Bill Street music festivals with this yeah. guy. Yeah. And you want to talk about going out. Yeah, <laughs> I go out, but this man goes out when he goes. Yeah, it's always cracked me up, just to think like you know this last time we went, and I, you know for some reason I wouldn't be in the social butterfly. I didn't really yeah. feel the bug of being like yeah, talking you, to you people. You were kind of down. I was a little more laid back because like the whole trip. theme for that trip. Remember when I told you over and over and over again? It was off of that um, old outcast play your part. Oh my god! <laughs> yes, I do remember that. And I remember like, I don't even know what this part you keep talking about is. <laughs> but I, I was just, like, get I can, in on the fun. But I can just remember being like, I was a little a little more conservative, a little more pulled back. And yeah. here I heard just, hey, what's up, y'all? Just talking to people and cutting up. And I'm like, am I broken? Is something wrong with me right now? What is happening? You know, I'm just like watching the music. And then you're over there, yeah, y'all, this is good. And you're like looking at the groups beside you on your left and your right, yeah. just dancing like, yeah, I love this song. Yeah. And I'm over there like, just focused. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and it started off the first night. We went and seen Queens of the Stone Age. Yeah. And it was like, I was zoned in watching them play. And I remember just talking to a couple of guys around us. And you were just kind of carrying on the conversation and enjoying the concert at the same time. And I'm just yeah. like, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> I'm just like yeah. watching the game, yeah. watching the show. <laughs> <laughs> like one of the highlights of the show and I can't remember what was said we we walked off it was right before Queens of the Stone Age come on we walked over there in the bathroom and me and you and I, I don't know what it is about these trips but I, it's kind of just the same humor we're a little bit cynical oh for sure and yes like so, whenever we're approaching something, like I think that we always do a really good job of just kind of describing it, and that just really kind of set the tone. And so when we walked up, it was like me and you were walking. It was like, well, we both have to take a piss. Oh, for sure. And so right here we have this line. <laughs> well, it's for one stall. We could walk over to the slower line, but it's for multiple stalls. That's and so right. we have to make a choice. Mm-hmm. Because the way they set these stalls up is it's like a U. Yeah. And then you can line up and watch the U and see yeah. who comes out of which one. Right, right. <laughs> and so we, we get in this line, and I, what planet was I on? Bro, Uranus? <laughs> <laughs> and there, was, there, was, there was this younger couple just kind of standing behind us, and I just kind of looked back at them, and they just kind of made eye contact, and I was like, well, here we go. <laughs> yes. And I just go on this spiel. Dude, it was <laughs> so funny. I literally was telling them this earlier. I was like, dude, I swear I put notes in my phone. You know, like, Alan, if you ever do stand-up comedy, this should be in the routine. And my man was just over here like, you know, what do you do? You come up to a restroom, especially if you're in a line for one of these youths, and you're just like, what do I do here, you know? 
Do I wait on the next guy beside me to jump in and take that one, or do I just say, no, you get out the way, man. This is me. <laughs> I will never forget just dying laughing at you, just cracking up me. Like, man, it's like the beginning of a Seinfeld ridiculous. episode or something, man. It, well, it's just like, you know, you know, here's the old festival porta potty carousel. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but... I, the I, rotating what freak show that is known as the Piss Circuit or whatever, you know. Just, it's like, and just so happened we landed in the worst line because... We old, stood there forever. Old buddy, And all the other lines were just moving. Dropping like, deuces. I was like, is this the drop deuce line? Did yeah. we did, did we, we pick, miss something? Did we pick... Is there a number two somewhere? Yes. yes. <laughs> is well, this the toy you only take a dump in? Because apparently everyone in front of us is taking craps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need to speed this up a bit. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on to concepts of friend circles. This was something that we talked about last night, and I think this would be something cool to unload. Was these are people that you should have met, but once again, I didn't think anything about it. Michael and Teresa. Yeah. And so Teresa is this just fireball of just energy. And she's so much fun to be around. And Michael, I she's mean... Just, she's bubbly. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Michael's awesome as well. Of course, yeah. Yeah, Michael's cool guy. He's, he's a little bit more laid back. He's kind of quiet. And a lot of times you don't really know how he feels about things. And then when you kind of see him open up and kind of talking about it, he's like, I like Michael. Yeah, of course. Both and good I, people, man. For yeah, sure, you can yeah, tell they're good people. Good people. And I, I was so glad to have met them in Mobile, and I was glad that they agreed to come and to hang out and for y'all to meet one another. It was like... And it was one of the things that we were talking about last night is, and what Blake gets on to me about is just pockets. Of, yeah, groups of friends. Groups of friends. And when I hear you say it, it's like, I know I'm not the only one. And so I think this is something kind of worth getting out. Cause oh, yeah. So <clears throat> I'll let you go ahead and elaborate on what you're talking about. Yeah, and so as I got a driver license and started driving, started migrating toward Columbus and hanging out in the New Hope area and I had pockets of friends and just as life progressed as I graduated high school my friends who came out of this pocket moved and made new pockets and when I would go to see him I would hang out with like just Sid for instance he moved to Tuscaloosa when I went to Tuscaloosa to see him I would hang out with his friends in Tuscaloosa and then as I was hanging out in Columbus I would hang out with friends that I had in New Hope and on top of friends that I had in different places in Columbus. But the idea never crossed my mind. I was like, maybe all these people yeah. should meet. Intersect these people, these yeah. groups of people, yeah. And then we could have this like big, cohesive group. Yeah. I was like, what a novel idea. Exactly. But it's, I, and I was like, I don't, I wouldn't call you up and be like, hey, you want to just go right around town and just, we'll stop in at Zachary's for a second. And then when we get done with that, we're going to walk over to the Princess. Yeah. And then... Hey, when we get done, we're going to go over to Caledonia and stop by my buddy's house. And then on the way home, we're going to stop by somebody at Millport's. And before we get home, i got to stop by and get a soft drink at the gas station. <laughs> I want to stop by there and just shoot the bull for a second with the cashier. And then, uh, man, I'll, I'm just going to stop off. Like, because I have a lot of things that, hey, it's kind of my, my, my best spur of the moment. Yeah. I don't know if you want to participate in all the of things course. that I'm doing. yeah. I understand. It's kind completely. of selfish of me. It's like, you want to come ride around with me and be my lackey? Yeah. And that's kind of how I think about it. But, like, the way that Blake kind of pitched it, he's like, why don't you, you know, inter- introduce us? Yeah. Bring your groups of friends. 
and together and let them be friends too. Yeah. And yeah. so that we can kind of have a common thing. And when we do something such as a friends giving or plan an event, we can all come together. Yeah. I mean, you can still do it without knowing each other that well. Yeah. It's just much funner if they do know each other. Yeah. It's like we were talking about this last night. I did the same thing. You know, when I moved to Tuscaloosa, it's like I almost, I mean, I met a group of people that I went to school with. Well, then I got a job working somewhere, and I had that group of people that I worked with. And then I had a friend that had lived in an apartment complex that were friends with this group of people from another place. Yeah. And so I had these little different groups of people, and I never thought about it, you know. I would just bounce yeah. around and hang out between these individual groups. Yeah. And, there, and you know, that's, that's like you were saying a second ago, like, just... It's like I just didn't ever really consider it or it didn't really cross my mind. I didn't really think that much about it. It was just like one of these things where I was just like, yeah, I know these people, but I'm going over here to hang out with them and they're probably going to want to do their own thing, so mm-hmm. I'll just go over here and hang out with them. Yeah. It's like, you know. And I, it's kind of how I learned to stage my evenings. Yeah, it's one of those like, I'm sure they've got important things to do or there's things that they're thinking of doing or they've got plans already. And I'm just going to go over here and do my own thing. Like, I just, I don't know. You know, I, I used to do the same thing. I completely yeah. understand it. Yeah. Like I was telling you last night, too, though. Like, when I first moved to where I'm at now, in Foley. Yeah. It was almost kind of like that in a sense, too. I was down there for a few years before I started meeting, you know, people that I was like, creating a friend group that I have now, meeting people that I was like, all right, I really want to be friends and spend time and hang out with you. You know, sometimes you bump into people when you think that it's a lot of fun to be around this person, but they're not really a good person to have in your life. Yeah, could you know, be toxic. Or it could be one of these people, you know, like, and what I'm getting at, for instance, is like, it's fun to go out and party and hang out around people, but those aren't always the people that are consistently going to be there and help you out and be good people, yeah. you know. So, like, you know, for instance, you know, I was going out and I was going different places and meeting people, but those weren't always the greatest people. Yeah. So, where I'm at now is like a lot of these groups of people that I'd had in the past are now intersected and have come together. Yeah. And, um, you know, just for instance, like I had some friends I'd met at work again. I had some friends I just met out playing music. And I had some friends when I was going and playing. We have a recreational kickball league down there. Go kickball, Gulf Shore, or uh, it's actually Gulf Coast. Go kickball, Gulf Coast. If y'all ever get an opportunity, you know, if this is softball and people listening to it, by all means, please come sign up. We're playing Foley, Alabama yeah. at the park there. I'm going to plug this. <laughs> my good friend, my roommate, Ben Hoover, he's the director of all this. If you want to look it up and find it, just go to Go Kickball Gulf Shores, and it'll Google and it'll pull up. Yeah. Please make a team and come play. It's a lot of fun. You know, I had that group of people that I had met, and they kind of started to intersect a little bit, and it wasn't really me going, hey, let me do this actively. You know, it just yeah. started to kind of occur. I had some people that played on the kickball team with me, and then I got to know a lot of the people in kickball. And, you know, it was a networking thing more than it just being a kickball thing. Yeah. You don't really realize it being that way, and I know people are like, well, recreational sport, for <laughs> Most of these people don't have insurance, and they just get drunk. No, you know, sometimes it's a little different. It depends on what, which league you're playing in. And yeah. for some reason, kickball, it was a, in this league at the time, I mean, even now it's still like this, but... Just a lot of good people I've met along the way doing that. And that was kind of the beginning of it all intersecting. And, like, I had other friends. I was like, why don't you come play kickball with us? And then that introduced them to the other friends, you know. And, like, we're going to do, like, a tacky Christmas party coming up here soon. And, um, like, we were talking about this last night. And I'm like, 
I pretty much am going to invite everybody I know, and they all, in some form or fashion, have met or at least know each other. And our friend group has grown because of it, and now we're more interconnected yeah. than that way since. And I never thought about it yeah. until you talked about it last night. Like, that's a real thing, you yeah. know? It's yeah. not that you're doing it on purpose. It's just that you almost kind of just, you're going about your day, and you're assuming that that person might have something a little more important. You just don't. You don't think that way sometimes that, hey, why don't you come over here and we'll go hang out with all these people and we'll do this. Like, I mean, And it's that thing that we talked about while we were in Memphis is that book while we were Airbnb and we had this really dope loft while we were staying awesome. for the music festival. On the bookshelf, one of the books was How to Make Friends and me and you had a lot of conversations. Are you talking about How to Make Friends and Influence People? Yes. Look, I'm going to tell you right now, if, yeah. you don't have, if you are aspiring to do anything... Especially if it's just to make friends, yeah. anything in that matter. Or B, we're talking about basic fundamentals because I know you push entrepreneurship and you want to like meet people, local business owners. That's been kind of a key theme here. Yeah. Really. If you want to start doing something along those lines and you want a good foundation of where you need to be, yeah, that book is old as dirt. Yeah, That dude wrote it in like the 40s, the 50s. And a lot of people hate it and a lot of people love it. I'm going to tell you right now, it might be in a sense redundant. It I've, is because listened, a lot of the things I read, I know. Exactly. But the thing is, it's in a reinforcement of the thought that you might have already known, mm-hmm. but you don't use it to the extent in which you should use it. All right. So people don't know what I do for a living. I work in IT for a business. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in a sense, I have to deal with people every single day. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. And it still comes into play in that manner. And regardless of that, if I wanted to pursue something outside of outside of just working itself, it's fantastic for that too. It's really just a good basic set of guidelines yeah. that if, and I'm not saying this is the case for everybody, some people could be socially awkward and not understand how to interact with people. I promise you, this that book, book will at book least, will help you. it will help you. It will give you somewhat of an idea and what you need to do when it comes time to like meet people. And also too, if you're in a business environment, and you need to know how to deal with some kind of conflict or you have some kind of situation in which you need to voice your opinion or want to be a, a voice inside of the room itself and deal with people that's upper management, lower management, or in yeah. general, it is a great book to look at and go, okay, well, at least if I follow these few little steps, it'll help me out. You know, just yeah. like smiling. Yeah. Be book, personable. Just smile. Just smile. And when you don't feel like smiling, smile again. Because people respond to that. It's like positive energy that they feed off of. And if you're smiling, then they're more likely to be more positive and smile back. And by the way, it's I'm just going to go ahead and tell what everyone's thinking the book is. I know you're all going, what are you talking about? It's How to Win Friends and Influence People, and it's by Dale Carnegie. Mm-hmm. It's an old book. It's been out forever, decades. Mm-hmm. But yeah. the thing is, is like I said earlier, it's redundant, and a lot of people already know this stuff. But it's just a good way of looking at things and mm-hmm. going, okay, if I practice this, it, I mean, it will definitely help you in the long run. And I mean, all right, so during the summer, I worked as a valet for different places, but I also worked as a bellhop. And I was listening to this book while I was going in valeting. Yeah. And like one of the things was, is like, you know, people appreciate their name. They take pride in their name. If you know somebody's name, oh, it adds yeah. value to the conversation in which you have. Oh, yeah. And I'm not saying go up 
to a random stranger and then get their name and then repeat it at them repetitively. But in the situ- situation I was in... You had a name tag. I had a name tag, so everybody knew who I was. But I was giving a guest a better experience by being like, you know, oh, we're just going to use a generic name, Smith. Hey, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. You know, or if I was to go up, hey, how's it going? I'm Sid. I'm going to help you all out today. And just kind of help them out, you know. So sometimes people just introduce themselves. Yeah. You know, you don't always catch their names. But when you do and you internalize that, these people are staying at a, a resort for a whole week. Nice place. You remember their name and then you smile. And every time you see me make a point to speak to them. Yeah. Man, the tips start going from being like, oh, you made like two or three bucks when you pull my car around to being like, well, here's five, here's ten, and you got my get lucky, here's twenty. Yeah. You know, and then your money just jumps exponentially. It's yeah. not a, it's not one of these things where it's rocket science. It's very simple, but it helps you a lot. Yeah. Like service industry people, I'm telling you right now, go yeah. read that book, go yeah. listen to it, download it on Audible. Yeah. That will help you a lot because it's a mentality. Yeah. That you've got to get into almost. It is, man, and and that's the thing is like, oh man, uh, it's just so easy for you. You just go out and you're just able to you're just able to talk to people and relate to people. I could stand you up in a room of strangers and it wouldn't matter. Yeah. Why? Well, because I'm human too. Yeah, that's right. I have interest. And I like things, and I don't like things. And you're a human, mm-hmm. and you're the same way. And so I should be able to approach you. And by the way, I have a name, you have a name. There's always a commonality. And there's there. the first commonality. Yeah. My name's Alan. Mm-hmm. It's nice to meet you. Right. What do you like? And you know, at the same time, too, it's like some people can be unapproachable. Yeah. And But that's not you. No. That's You never take that to heart. That's a personality thing, and that's yeah. on them. And I used to deal with that all the time, working, doing the valet and the bellhop stuff. Some people were like, oh, I just don't want your help. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm just here to help. You know, it's not like I'm trying to, yeah. I'm not going to, like, nag you or anything. And then that's when you just go, it's not necessarily that I'm doing anything wrong. They're not saying no to me. They're saying no to the help. They're saying yeah. no to wanting that service. Right. It's not you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's an issue. And Jake touched on it in the last episode was with this when we came up, we we saw as we were coming out, we saw it, and we were exposed to it, and even our parents were, and especially kids today, and it's scary, is there is this and think about sports, but it goes into all realms of life. Education is we're praising the wrong things. Oh yeah, is and like Jake's take was good athlete. You praise athleticism, well. Eventually, his athleticism will fail him. And if he was to go pro, and this was the example that Jake used, and it's true, NBA and NFL players, when they hit the money and they make it, well, their whole life they were told it was because of their athleticism, and it grows cold, and they begin to lose because the competition is so fierce. And... Oh, yeah, for sure. And there there you are. It's like, well, I've been told my whole life it's my athleticism, and now I'm not hitting the bank. And you quit, and you give up because you can't live up to this. Yeah. And so it's it's an identity crisis. And so that's kind of a starter point is you need to know who you are, who you is, who you are, <laughs> who you is. I also crack up at this a little bit, and I'm just going to go back to a point you just made earlier, you know. 
you were talking about like how you base it off his athleticism, you know? Yeah. That's all he feels like he's confident at yeah. doing or capable of handling. Yeah. Yeah. So then that, no wonder it creates identity crisis when his athleticism fails him. That's all you've ever known. Yeah. It's been I, d- a, I didn't it's been win. pounded into your mind over and over by all these people. Yeah. You're the best. You're the greatest. And so what Jake was saying is like, praise the work ethic. You're good because of all the work you put yes. in. And so that gives you something to fall back on is like, when I lose, at least I can come into the situation knowing that I, I gave my best yeah. and I left it all on the field. That's right. But taking it back to being more sociable, it's just something that you have to work at. It's like, it's like working out. It's one of those things that if you don't, it's like a muscle. You don't ever work a muscle, it atrophies. Yeah. You know, it just, it becomes almost useless or weak. Mm-hmm. And if you do exercise it and try to make that effort and put yourself out there to do it, then it becomes stronger and it becomes easier. It almost becomes effortless. Yeah. It's one of those things that it's not a, oh, I was just born and knew how to do it. No, it's an experience mm-hmm. and it takes practice over time. Yeah. You you culture and you you make this talent. You of, cultivate you, it. Yes. 100%. Yeah. All right, welcome to the finish line. Let's shut this thing down, man. Let's play some music. Strange what desire will make foolish people 
I never dreamed that I'd love somebody like you. I never dreamed that I'd love somebody like you. Oh, I don't want to fall in love. Oh, I don't want to fall in love. with you with you nobody loves no one <coughs> little Chris Isaac uh, an older classic. I mean, I don't know if a lot of people know that one, but that one's it's a good song by Chris Isaac. Fantastic, okay. called Wicked Game. I don't know how, how, how 
So, what are you thinking on next, brother? Think about busting an REM song. Ooh. So we were talking about it a while back. So. Oh man. <coughs> I'll try this one out for you. goes out to the one I love. 
one goes out to the one I've left behind Another prop has occupied my time Set of poor stop. <laughs> it's four in the morning. Yeah, it's four thirty, almost five in the morning. Mercy. Time to go to bed. No diggity. No doubt. Till next time. <gasps> Getting out of here. Peace.